midnight at a meeting of the school board, so God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And... Uh, well, I got like a few hours, I think, left in Facebook jail, and then I'll be allowed to post over on Facebook. Uh, but I didn't miss it. I have to say, I've written uh, the social media giants off. I've just, you know, they're nonsense. You know, when I look at Twitter, uh, which is my main platform right now, so if anyone wants to follow me and my posts on social media, the only place I'm really doing it is Twitter. I think Telegram is just, <clears throat> you know, getting, being on all these different platforms is just a hassle. You know, you can spend your whole day uh, doing social media and really I just would rather do analysis and and uh, and figure things out than to try to build a social social media platform so it's, you know, people would pay attention to me. I I feel like if I give uh, people a path to follow me, they'll do that. And if they, if they want, it's uh, I don't look at social media as a game for me. It's not a game. It's not a popularity contest for me. It's uh, you know what I'm trying to do is create good analysis and do a lot of research. And I don't have time for that Mickey Mouse BS. Um, but in any case, uh, twitter.com slash Scott Adams show is how you could find me on there. Now, Facebook is going to put me, you know, allow me to be back on and that's okay. I guess I'm going to have to walk on eggshells, uh, no matter what you say or do, if it runs counter to the state, the Stasi, the state, the state beliefs, you know, I've, I've never thought we'd be in a country where we, here we are. Uh, so long as you say the mimic the words of the state, you can stay alive on social media. And if you uh, run counter, say something different than state than than the state, then you're fired on Twitter. And what concerns me the most, though, is the whole vaccine passport concept. 
and they're pushing this vaccine passport. And it's just so easy to see for me. It's not even a hard concept. It's so easy to see that what they're doing is they're creating a platform that would let them track your vaccine passports, but then also apply a cooperative score, a social media score, a social justice score, a compliancy score, a compliancy score. Think about that. Isn't that what they did? You know, I always th- I think of Inglorious uh, Bastards, the movie. It's a Tarantino film. And in the opening scene, there's this German SS and he walks into this dairy farmer in France's house who's hiding Jews. And they're asking them all sorts of questions. And eventually they get to the bottom of it and they shoot everybody up and one escapes and so on and so forth. But it's this kind of intrusion. And it's uh, it's just scary. It's a scary business because they're taking this... You could see how they're exploiting corporations to violate your constitutional rights. They're no longer... You know, I woke up and I found out that the uh, Cleveland Guardians is now the thing. It's not Cleveland Indians. They're not even debating policies anymore. They're just doing these things. You wake up one day and a statue's not there because someone got a whim that they're going to remove it after 150 years that the statue stood in the town square. It's the lack of due process. Just think about the Russian hoax. And all the absolute craziness surrounding the the big fat lie that was the Russian hoax. And all the wiretaps. And they're like, yeah, we're going to wiretap you. We're going to filter everything you post on Facebook. We're going to monitor everything you do. And they say with a straight face, like, I remember when James Clapper said, not wittingly, do we, and thought that was the biggest thing. And the thing is, that wasn't 1940, that wasn't 19... That was seven years ago that James Clapper got caught in the caught in the crosshairs of a question. That was a big deal then. It wasn't that long ago that Hillary Clinton was accused of giving a speech at Bur- of Goldman Sachs. Got paid a lot of money as the Clintons always did. Nobody asked the question, why is it that Bill Clinton is getting $750,000 a speech when he can give it away for free on a TV interview? But she gave this um, speech in Goldman Sachs, and she said something about abolishing ICE and opening borders. It wasn't so much abolishing ICE, but it was more heavily on opening the borders. And everybody thought, wow, what are you up to? You're up to importing votes. I know what you're up to. And and then turning those people into amnesty and amnesty dreamers into voters. And, and even if they don't have any interest in voting, you're going to get their ID to register and you're going to get their registration to uh, receive a ballot. And you're going to get that ballot somehow miraculously received without the person who is supposed to be voting ever knowing. And we've seen that done many, many times. That's the reason why the Democrats don't want the audit. 
because you're going to find out all these methods. And how is this stuff happening directly under our noses so blatantly? And what kind of conspiracy is this? But it's the kind of a conspiracy where you have the Jonestown-style Kool-Aid-drinking zombie uh, behavior. Zombies. They just march like ants, brainless, brainless ants marching. Reminds me of that Dave Matthews song, the, ant, the Marching Ants or something like that. That was his first big hit. It's crazy stuff, man. It's crazy stuff. I wrote this. I was I was at the gym and I had this thought. And it was basically about the fact that all of a sudden I'm starting to see all these people wearing masks. And and I was also noticing a pattern. And don't call me a, a racist cuz I'm not, but it seemed to me like more black people were wearing masks these days <clears throat> than white people. Like every, and and I'm in a very liberal area. I'm in Arlington, Virginia. And I was watching all these people wearing the masks. And it seemed almost like the black movement or the black liberals were Black Lives Matter people. Like people that wear a Black Lives Matter shirt or you could just sort of tell that they're liberal. Um and they're black, happen to be black, they're always wearing a mask. Always. It's almost like wearing a black panther glove. Black power. And I got to thinking as I'm walking, and I got to thinking as I'm going to the gym and kind of contemplating life, and thinking, because you know, every every time I walk these streets and I see you know someone running with a mask on or in their car alone with a mask on and all these different weird things that just, you know, that person would get out of the car and the first thing they would say is, trust the science. And I'd be like, have you looked at yourself in the mirror lately? Have you seen the psychosis that's going on inside your head? That you're wearing a mask out at sea? You're wearing a mask swimming? Are you nuts? Where's the science behind that? There's no science in your head. You don't even know what you're doing. Except for the fact that somehow your peers told you that masks are part of a costume that says you are woke. Masks are part of a costume that says black power. Masks are part of the... But here's where I got to the point. I said, well, what are they winning? Because I can recall when Donald Trump said, what the hell do you have to lose? Vote for me. Try me out. Give me a chance. And all of a sudden, you had opportunity zones. You had the lowest black unemployment in history. In American, probably in world history. You had opportunity zones. You had prison reform for sentencing guidelines you had HBCU schools they were not no longer having to beg every single year but they were giving long term loans and grants 
And the significance of that is not knowing from one year to the next whether you're going to get that grant or loan or how much it's going to be. Universities like that that benefit from those types of grants can never go to the bank and and invest in long-term projects. But because of the way Trump did it, knowing full well that how the banks work and how you build casinos and how you need long-term loans and long-term commitments to build bigger and more meaningful projects, that had a huge impact on HBCUs. And yet still those numb nuts are wearing the stupid mask today, voting for a guy like Joe Biden. It does not stop there. How about the Jews? The Jewish people. You know, some of my best friends in the world are Jewish. I stayed at a Jewish couple's home. Lovely, great friends in Philadelphia this past weekend. And you know what? It's it, They happen to be conservative, actually. But for the, for the most part, in that area that they live in, 90% voted for Biden. And I just have to scratch my head. Who was better for Israel and who was better for the Jews and who has more Jewish influence in their lives than Donald Trump as a presidential candidate and a president of the United States? I don't know of one. Most of Donald Trump's friends in New York were Jewish. His son-in-law is Jewish. His daughter converted to Kabbalism and converted to Judaism. Ivanka. And it's not even just about who you are or what you believe. It's about what you do. And what he did for Israel. And yet you have this I, I would say Israel is one of the worst. If, if you think America is bad when it comes to politics, you, you, you need to take a look at Israel. Israel is just about as bad. Their political landscape is just as volatile as ours. It's terrible. They're so divided as a country, it's not even funny. And again, it's political ideology. It's left and right. And the left keeps on wanting to do business with the Palestinians and the Iranians and the right wants to, you know, cater to the middle class and build middle class jobs and be sovereign and independent and build, forge alliances with America that are strong and healthy, that don't have the Palestinians and Iranians' best interests at heart until they at least try to negotiate, come to the table, compromise and not wish ill will or hate America and the West like they do. And why they sell out to this wokeism is beyond me. But the squad is no different. In the squad now, there was just um, a Fox News reporter that was going up to um, Presley, uh, one of the uh, squad, and She's the black bald woman. You know, she's shaved her head bald so she can get noticed because nothing's going on inside that skull of hers that has any intellect whatsoever. So she's going to have to basically do a gimmick 
You know, they'll remember me if I shave my head bald. And I'm this bald woman getting in the back of a sedan. And so as soon as they asked the question, at first she didn't know what was going on. She was uh, going to answer his questions because whatever BS is going to come out of her mouth, she's going to sell it. Oh, but then she found out this is a reporter asking a question. You know, and the question was pretty simple, but the question was, hey, don't, aren't you concerned at all? You're concerned about wearing masks. You're wearing masks. You're, you're worried about vaccine passports. You're, you're, you're pushing COVID to the nth degree. Uh, all of these things are myths because we find out that asymptomatic spread doesn't exist. Service spread doesn't exist. Ivermectin is a therapeutic that could save your life six ways until Sunday. So is hydroxychloroquine. You ban those and you don't want them. Why? Why don't you want ivermectin and why don't you want hydroxychloroquine? Why? Why don't you? Because you can actually manufacture those anywhere in the world, including India. But India is using ivermectin. But because they're out of patent, there's no one, no one's going to make a profit. So Dr. Fauci doesn't want anything to do with anything that doesn't make a profit for him and his cronies. Because he's a big, huge sellout working for the fat cats like Bill, Bill Gates and company. And his, pharmace- high, his high-ranking officials in the pharmaceutical community. It's exactly how it is that the chain of command works. Because even if Fauci loses his job, he's going to get paid $10 million a year working for the top, at the top brass of a pharmaceutical company because he's going to have a lot of access and control over the decision makers at NIH back where he used to work after he got his butt fired. He's going to work as a board member or lobbyist in the pharmaceutical business because he owns the patents and has the control and the secret sauce and the special privileged information. That's what our militaries become as well. But they don't want to deal with solutions that don't have a fast track to profit. So ivermectin was out and hydroxychloroquine was out. But these these wokeness, this this whole thing, I'm seeing a pattern of the people that seem to be wearing the masks are liberals pushing an agenda. And when you ask these liberals, like if you were to ask Ayanna Presley, um, she who's black, wearing a mask and not answering questions that makes you know that I think are really important, like the fact that seventy percent of illegals coming through our border that are being escorted by Biden's program are are probably testing positive. That's the number that I read. It seems high, but seventy percent are positive for COVID. And then they're being put on buses and planes to cities where we're seeing surges, like St. Louis. And you think to yourself, well, that's obvious. You're seeing a surge in St. Louis and no other city. And I wonder why that is. Could it be that they're planing, you know, the armies planing these illegals to St. Louis or putting them on planes at Loeffler Air Force Base where they're known to be working with the Biden administration to ha- allow these illegals to infiltrate our country and become voters? Is it their desire and their, their design to actually change the electorate in St. Louis because they feel like that's a state that they could flip, like Georgia, 
like Stacey Abrams did with Georgia, with all the illegals voting and all the voter fraud. And it seems like, again, when I bring up black people, I'm only bringing it up for concern because I think black leadership, not white leadership leading blacks like it's been in the past, but I'm talking about black leadership like Thomas Sowell and Larry Elder and people like that now that actually have a conservative voice, a conservative solution for black struggle. And I think that's the better solution. I don't ever think it's about skin color. I think it's about political ideology, whether you feel like a victim or you feel like a, um, a lion, whether you feel like you want to focus on getting reparations and welfare or whether you feel like you want to maybe uh, address any concerns about government getting in the, middle, in, in the way of your business prospering. And whether it's access to colleges or what have you, but to build a future, not worry about uh, the wrongs of the past. That's the difference in the philosophy between the two. And so when I say black people are, it seems like black people and Jews are voting Democrat disproportionately, despite the fact that once they, these people get into power, people even like uh, Ayanna Presley don't even want to give you the time of day if you disagree with their political ideology. They'll shut the door in your face and get off in their limo like they're king. Little do they know because they're so stupid that they don't they, they work for you. They're supposed to serve you. They're supposed to answer the questions and be accountable. But they're not acting like that. You could see it in their body language. You could see it in their behavior. And Ocasio-Cortez has gotten to be pretty much the same person, that same as that. She's wearing $3,000 pantsuits, and she's as radical as the day is long. She doesn't answer to her constituents. She's living the high life. Ilhan Omar be- turned her back on the Somalians that she supposedly was going to represent. And now she's just, you know, sleeping with every Tom, Dick, and Harry in D.C. I don't know what that's about. But the thing is, what occurred to me is that these people are voting not, they're voting to win. They're voting to win or they're, they're, they're doing anything to win. If they say, well... You know, there's justification to cheat because President Trump was so bad, right? They'll make that statement and they'll say this is an existential threat. Sometimes you got to break the rules in order to right the wrongs. And that's how that's where their head is right now. And they're willing to do and say anything, make up stuff. They don't care about the lives lost. They don't care about the sex trafficking and the terrible things that are going along the southern border. So long as they can get reinforcements to uh, neutralize the threat of middle class rising up and voting and getting illegal voters to vote in an illegal system, ill-begotten, they don't care. They know they don't have the policies for the majority of Americans to stop voting. They know they don't have the votes to win, but what they're trying to do is rig the system. It's sort of like terrorism where they'll go after the low-hanging fruit. They'll 
fly a plane into a building of a bunch of innocent people. They won't fly it into an army barracks because they know they'd be shot down before they get there. They'll fly, they'll kill innocent women and children. And those same people that endorse the, the radical Islamic jihadis are the liberals. And again, what are you actually voting for? You're voting to win for power because you hate losing and you're a spoiled, rotten little brat. You grew up wanting everybody to get a trophy, but yet somehow you want to win at all costs. I don't get it. That's an oxymoron there. But the idea at the end of the day is they're winning, but what are they winning? So you won the open borders. If you're a black um, community and you're sitting there all wearing masks, getting diseases from the mask itself, and compliant to the uh, Stasi or compliant to the government that really doesn't care anything about you until it's four years later when they have to need your vote again. And then they sit there and they talk with a with an accent that appeals to you. I mean, how shallow can you be? But the idea is that what are you actually winning? When you open those borders and those illegals come across and take your gig economy job and compete with you on Lyft or Uber or take your manufacturing job or your agricultural job, it requires, it ends up creating uh, wage issues, supply and demand issues. The issue is, it's not working for, the liberal policies are not working for minorities in urban cities. The worst poverty and struggle, and the worst crime and aggravation, and the worst drug addiction happens to be in every city that's run by a radical lefty. And it plagues the black community. And yet that same black community hates Trump and loves Joe Biden, who can't speak in complete sentences. And so it's it's, it's a cause for great concern. They're playing to win, but they're not thinking about what they're actually winning. That's the trouble. The trouble is these Democrats, when you have a debate with them and you question them, they turn away and coward. Almost every liberal I know picks a fight with me. Who? who? Almost every liberal I know who picks a fight with me doesn't want to finish the fight. And they'll say, well, you study this stuff. This is your thing. And they, they don't want to... They don't want to Answer the ask the tough questions. I love having debate with smart liberals. I learn something every time I have a conversation with somebody who's a liberal who has a belief that runs different than mine, but yet they they actually did their research and it's just their own opinion. And I I get a better understanding as to where they're coming from. I don't mind someone thinks differently than me. I'm curious. But that's not what's going on outside. You know, when people are wearing masks, driving in their car with the air conditioning, or people running or riding their bike with a mask on, when there's no one around them, they don't even understand what the heck's going on. And they're just doing it because it's almost akin to taking a knee for the national anthem. It's almost like a, a big F you 
finger to the American flag or the American way of life. They just showed this black pundit on ESPN saying that he found the flag offensive because of January 6th and how on January 6th they were waving these flags around. And the funny thing is, the January 6th thing, when you peel that onion, there's FBI all over January 6th. The reason why they're not releasing the video on January 6th is because the people doing the violence were probably the actors out of the FBI. But we know that John Sullivan was in there everywhere that you needed to be, whether it was Ashley Babbitt's murder or everywhere you could showcase um, wrongdoing. Somehow John Sullivan with his camera was there, almost as if he had a script. It was choreographed at at uh, XYX 10.05, it's going to be over here in the rotunda. At 10.20, it's going to be over here and whatever. I don't know the times exactly, but there was even an article over in NPR where uh, they they said that the Trump supporters in, uh, breached the Capitol. And guess what? They wrote the damn thing at 9.30 Eastern before the speech. How in the world... Do you know what's going to happen before it happens? I'm telling you, the fix is in. And the FBI did it. And they blamed it on Trump supporters in order, you know, in an info in a way that was infiltrating. Just like they infiltrated the Trump White House and Trump administration, just like they were the ones that used the word coup. When Mark Zaid said a coup has started, series of many steps, lawyers will be involved. And then he was the he was the lawyer for Eric Ciaramella, who was a CIA guy working at the NSC in both the Obama and the Trump White House. And and he um, was working in coordination with Sean Misko and Adam Schiff to. Uh, wield an impeachment hoax over a perfectly good call with Ukraine. And it was Alexander Vindman, a lieutenant colonel in the military, big surprise, the Army's the biggest liberate libtards in the planet. And it saddens me to say, but I'm seeing this trend all over the place. It's, you know, basically cheering against the women's soccer, cheering against men's basketball, Men's basketball lost to France. Women's soccer didn't win a game, I don't think. Or they may have won one, but they, they're out. right? They're, they weren't ready for prime time, except to hate their country. And so they're more focused on woke than winning. Now, America seems to be doing pretty good. We're tied with China with the number of golds right now. Uh, just watch when the USA wrestling team a, the USA wrestling team stands for the flag, waves the flag with great pride, and they're actually going to be kicking some butt. But that's in uh, August. Uh, that's a little into it, like August 7th for the wrestling or near the end of the games. But a lot of these things are happening, and I'm going to play some audio clips to drive home my points. 
That seems to be the way the MO, the MO of the show is going these days, right? So first we're going to address Com- uh, Andrew Como. Andrew Como's push for vaccine passports. Let's just uh, let's uh, take a listen to what Andrew Como has to say. Tell me if this doesn't sound a little strange to you. And we have, we have to knock on those doors. He's talking about what he's going to do with vaccine passports. And we have to get in those communities and we have to knock on those doors and we have to convince people and put them in a car and drive them and get that vaccine in their arm. That is the mission. That's his mission. So I wrote a response to that, and I said, Andrew Cuomo is on a mission to convince people to get into a car, drive them to a vac center, and put a needle into their arm. The real question is why? Is it to compel corporations to carry out the unconstitutional task of bullying people into, into vax compliance? Is it to get that number up to 70% come hooker by crook? So long as they can do that, if they can't get the 70%, they can't bully, they can't compel corporations to bully the 30% or less into compliance. But we're already seeing those battle lines being drawn too. We're seeing corporations all over the place playing around with different mandates. They're just itching to control your life. And once they get that vaccine passport system in place and rolled out, and you could tell by the way that the Biden administration doesn't answer those types of questions. They get real testy. He barks at the reporters. The same point I made about black people wearing masks and Jews um, supporting a president that hates Israel and loves the Palestinian Authority and loves Iran, people that hate Israel. Liberals don't even know what they're voting for. But journalists are the same way. Nobody gave journalists as much access to the pres- to the White House than Donald Trump. Yet they want to deal with this barking madman whose son appears naked in every photo around the world, photo center around the world, and is selling art to Chinese people. His, his finders, funders and backers uh, for Hunter Biden is a bunch of Chinese people. Connected with the Chinese, he had 70 trips over in China. Yet the, the mainstream media doesn't want to talk about that. They, don't, they want to throw Andrew Como a pass on all of his crimes of humanity. It's absolutely absurd what's going on in our mainstream media. And you would think these journalists would love the way that Trump treated them uh, because Trump basically was just looking for a fair shake and gave them unbridled access, unfettered access unequaled access to the White House. Cameo, non-scripted, and thoughtful and informative. And he did it all. And yet the media never appreciated that. They stand for nothing. But they answer to their bosses. And their bosses answer to big corporations. And big corporations answer to China. And it's exactly like that. Because if you want access to those slave labor markets, you're going to kiss the ring of China if you're a big multinational corporation. You're going to get VIP favored status. You'll get the best 12-year-olds working the longest days to make your widgets. 
And if you're Amazon and if you're Walmart and you're all these different big multinational corporations, you're going to play the ball. If you're NBC Universal or you're NBA and you want a new audience, you're going to play the ball. If you're LeBron James, you're going to badmouth your country, but you're going to kiss the ring of China because you're just a sellout for money and for influence and for answering to your boss like a numbnut. And that's what's been happening. That's what we've been seeing. Now, I'm looking for this uh, audio clip that I seem to not be able to find right now. Um, Let's see. Well, it always happens. You know what I think? I think also that these clips that I have here sometimes end up being deleted or throttled to where when I go back and I go to check on things, uh, they, um, they end up uh, disappearing. And I think it's just, a, it's just the level of throttling that we have going on in our system. But in any case, uh, let's see. Well, we have this. We, we'll take a listen to this. Take a listen to this. This is uh, Donald Trump Jr. This is not the clip I was looking for, but we'll play this one. At a time when the Democrat Party platform seems to be for defunding the police, we're in even more peril than we could have imagined because they're also simultaneously trying to eliminate your ability to exercise your Second Amendment rights. We've seen homicides in Atlanta go up 58%. New York City in double digits. Portland, 533%. Philadelphia, 37%. While they're looking to defund the police and infringe on your ability to protect yourselves by being able to exercise your Second Amendment rights. Americans, don't let the Democrats destroy your ability to protect yourselves and your families. Stand up against their radical agenda. Call it out and defend the Second Amendment. You never know when you're going to actually need it. And these days, unfortunately, it seems to be increasingly so. All right. Now, here's another inspiring interview. Now, this is um, a guy that actually spoke out at... um, at Turning Point, um, and his name is Blake Masters. He is uh, Teal Capital. But listen to what he has to say. This is the one I wanted to hear. Joining me right now is Blake Masters. He is running for the Senate seat in Arizona, and he is the COO of Teal Capital. He recently ra- launched that Senate campaign in Arizona, and it is good to see you. Thanks very much for being here. Blake, what's at stake? Well, thank you, Maria. Everything is at stake here in this 2022 and 2024 election. Uh, I really think if Republicans don't win these elections, we lose the country forever. Because if you look around, the left and the Democrats, they've taken control of almost every major institution in our country. And they're very close to controlling it all. And so if they win, they tell us what they're going to do. They're going to pass H.R. 1, S. 1. They're going to federalize elections so no Republican can ever win again. They want to add new states to our union just so they can add more senators and control everything. Uh, So I really think the future of this country hangs in the balance. That's what's at stake in 2022. 
Yeah. Uh, speaking of elections, I want to ask you about the audit going on in Arizona, as well as your plan to rein in big tech monopolies. Let's take a break and come back with that. We are talking with Blake Masters. We'll be right back. We are back with Blake Masters. He's the chief operating officer of Teal Capital. He is running for the U.S. Senate seat in Arizona. And Blake, thanks very much for walking us through your platform. Before you tell us about your platform, tell me about the audit going on in Arizona right now. Do you have any info? When will we find out what's taking place there? I'm not sure when we'll uh, actually hear the results, although I'll just say I'm glad we're auditing. You know, I come from the business world. Uh, we audit businesses every year, um, all the time, as a routine good practice. And that's when we don't even suspect anything is amiss. And so this idea that so many people from the journalist class, you know, from the Democratic establishment, even from the Republican establishment in Arizona, they're reflexively anti-audit. They were anti-audit before it even got started, which makes no sense because like tens of millions of Americans, probably even 100 million Americans and some Joe Biden voters, if we're being honest, I look at what happened in the 2020 election and I see a lot of problems. They want to say it was a perfect election with the perfect result. Maybe, but it didn't look perfect with the mass mailings of ballots. My campaign manager received four ballots in different states. Like things were obviously uh, pretty messed up. And so maybe the result was right, maybe not. But I think we ought to run a good process and figure out just what happened so that we can make sure elections are secure in the future. That's unbelievable that your campaign manager received four ballots. I mean, this is the whole issue around mail-in ballots. You don't know if, in fact, it opens the door to fraud. You had ballots coming from, you know, empty parking lots, etc. Your main platform, though, is immigration. Tell me about that. How are you going to clean up these wide open borders? Well, we have to remember illegal immigration is illegal. All you have to do is enforce the law. It starts there. And in the last 180 days in the Biden-Harris administration, we've seen just how bad things can get when you stop doing that. I don't want to pretend everything was perfect at the border in December of 2020, but President Trump had it under control. It was operationally stable. And so you get Biden in office and he invites people to come here. He says, come, you know, come on in. You can stay. We'll put you up in a hotel room. And so, of course, people flood the zone and everybody being trafficked, the hundreds of thousands of people, they're all trafficked. They're all trafficked by cartels. The women are raped. The children are abused. This is a huge disaster. And so what we have to get serious, we have to put Trump's policies back in place. We have to finish the wall. The people come through these little narrow gaps in the wall that the administration currently in power refuses to finish. Um, it's commonsensical stuff. We just need the will to enforce the law. Yeah, I mean, look, you come from a technology background. When you come back, we've got to talk about big tech dominance, President Trump. So, you know, that's just common sense. That's what Trump stood for uh, his whole presidency. Common sense politics. That's, that's really what it was all about. Same guy, Blake Masters. Let's take a listen to what he had to say at Turning Point. With the right leadership, we can win because we are right on the issues. We need the Trump 2016 America First Agenda. We gotta stop illegal immigration so that American jobs go to American workers. We need to avoid stupid foreign wars and instead get serious about China. And we need to ban critical race theory. We need to support our police. And you know what? 
I have a technology background, and I'm here to tell you we got to break up Google, we got to break up Facebook, and we have to punish Twitter for what they did to President Trump. If we run on these issues, we win. That's exactly right. How hard is that? How hard is that to figure out? And every candidate that was a Republican that didn't run on exactly what he just said loses. They lose. Incidentally, um, there was one of the Bushes, the, the young Bush, this kid, uh, who's been having a pretty good political career in Texas, uh, did not get the endorsement of Donald Trump. It was Paxton, who's been behind behind Trump and by Trump's side every step of the way that's getting the Senate, um, the Texas senator race. Uh, I believe that's the race. Uh, Trump's endorsement. Trump's coattails should tell you everything you want to know about where our country is. The other thing that should tell you everything you want to know about where our country is is just look at the poll, just look at the um, Nielsen ratings on all of the different things that are going on. Everybody, every team that's taking a knee or not waving a flag is seeing a huge loss in revenue and a huge loss in enthusiasm. People like me don't even tune in anymore. The Olympics. Or at an all-time low. Now, Lolo Jones actually made a very good comment yesterday uh, about this. And it's in part because it's the worst kind of delay. You know, um, things are happening at the Olympics 12 hours ahead of schedule. Uh, By the time we get up, it's 12 hours later. They're 12 hours different. Um, So that's one. And two, uh, she made the comment that Usain Bolt and Michael Phelps uh, we're basically removed, you know, they're retired. So you don't have these big, huge stars. That's another one. But people taking a knee and engaging in politics in the Olympics is another one. And people, when they, when they go to the ball game or when they, you know, when they go and take their family out, they don't want to have to deal with the politics. Since when did, since when, I mean, it ended the careers of so many. Um, I can't remember this guy's name, but real famous NBC sportscaster. Uh, forget his name. But went woke and wild about 10 years ago. You never hear from them any, anymore. These people, I don't know what it is about them. They're not even that bright when it comes to politics. They're not even well-informed. I mean, why in the world would I want to go get on the debate stage and debate on a subject I know nothing about? At least one thing about me is, you know, I'll tell you one. This is not a subject I'm strong at. You know, I'm not my favorite subject. I've done that on this show. I've, I've had to talk about something big in the news. And I'm like, I'll be honest. This is not my ballywick. I'm not big on this. You know, a story I'm about to share with you just now. I don't know a lot about it, uh, really. This is not something I'm very emotional about, but. But it is uh, interesting, and it's one of the lead stories. And that's PJ Media came out with this story. It says Hunter Biden's art dealer has ties to China because, of course, he does. So George Burgess, who is representing Hunter Biden as he ventures into the art world, has talked about his business dealings in China in the past, but his report reported ties could pose an ethics issue 
as he sells Biden's art to anonymous buyers. So Burgess said in a 2015 interview with Resident that he wanted to be the art world leader in China. So now, naturally, Hunter Biden is going to be getting paid laundered money, uh, you know, for his artwork. Nobody's ever really seen him paint, meaning that like he was never known to be an artist. This is like a new concept. Now, I actually I saw some of the art and I thought, ah, you know, who am I to judge? It looks good. But I really believe that I don't think he is that good. I think that what it is, is I think somebody else is doing the art for him. Just like you have ghostwriters writing your book, you know, and then you sell it because you got the name and the person who's the ghostwriter. Like Barack Obama, you know, was William Ayers wrote his book, is what William Ayers said. It wasn't Barack Obama. William Ayers was what? He was busy in his younger days of blowing up government buildings and hating America. And that's who Obama was in bed with. And, you know, the, the, uh, this, I think this all started, this whole anti-America from within, the fifth column. You know, the, the Trojan horse is what we're dealing with here. And it's exactly how they said it would go. You know, it's how Rome fell. And if you want to, you know, the only people that could beat us is us. Because we're the greatest nation in the world. The only people that can actually beat us down is us. And I resent the fact that liberals are voting to win because they hate rather than to better America. You never ever see uh, these policies go in a, in a direction that would make you feel like they have America's best interests at heart. Let's just go ahead and take a, uh, a quote here. Um, the Bradford File writes, perhaps the DOJ won't release the January 6th tapes because the only violence was committed by the FBI itself. Cambry writes, I'm sorry, but I'm not buying the fact that the virus will only mutate due to non-vaccinated people when my family and friends got COVID after their vaccine. Get real. If you have a virus, you have a strain. And that's that. I said liberal zombies working with big tech partners to gaslight Americans into empowering big corp to bully non-vaccinated into compliance. The only hurdle is the number of vaccinated must reach a threshold of 70%. The VAX database will morph into a social media justice scoring system. That was in response to a meme where there was three or there, there was t- tons of uh, Twitter accounts using the same um, tweet where this one guy who says he's got an MD by his name, got a blue check, says, I just left the ER. We are officially back to getting crushed by COVID-19. Delta variant is running rampant, and it's much more transmissible than the original virus. 99% of our ICU admits uh, did not receive a vaccine. Virtually all of them wish they had. That's the mantra that the liberals are putting out there. It's fake. It's false. It's wrong. It's a lie. 
And uh, Laura Robert, Lauren Bobart said Joe Biden's regime is spending $3 million a day to suspend border wall construction. Only the federal government could figure out how to pay not to, to build something. I said some government, same government who asked its citizens to pay for health insurance they didn't want just so they wouldn't have to buy it. Also, the same government who will be taxing or punishing perfectly healthy people for not accepting a vaccine or wearing a mask. And that's an experimental vaccine to boot. Um, And then the other one was, I said, why is it that I know about violence? And so here it is. Facebook, Twitter, Microsoft, YouTube, and other big tech companies will now add content to a shared counterterrorism key database aiming to crack down on material from white supremacists and far-right militias. I said, why is it that I know about violence and destruction from fascist groups like Antifa and Marxist morons like Black Lives Matter, but I've not seen one video clip or know the name of one organized fundraising group that would be considered white supremacists. Charlie Kirk writes, why doesn't my body, my choice apply to forced vaccinations? And Jewish deplorable rights breaking. Trump endorses Ken Paxton over George P. Bush in Texas. Um, Scott Adams, me, writes, if you, if, it, it used to be you joined the army to be all you can be. Serve and defend your country. Honor your flag. Advance your career. And pursue higher education. Today, our military caters to the military-industrial complex, accommodate free gender change, and support woke critical race theory. And uh, Jewish deplorables, um, or no, so Cernovich writes, if a public health expert refused to call the summer riots a super spreader event, then I am probably at least 40% of the country aren't interested in what he, she says about the Delta vaccines. Can I have an amen on that, right? There was a couple of other really good tweets that I wanted to get to today. We'll probably get to them tomorrow. But basically, um, it says, you ever notice Christopher Ray always laughably says that white supremacy is the number one threat in the USA, but offers zero evidence or data to specifically show all these white supremacy attacks that we never see? Think about that. Wrap your head about on that, and let's uh, let's keep up the good fight. So be sure to check out magapack.org, buglecall.org. Uh, make a donation if you'd like, and also check out scottadamshow.com uh, and check out our latest podcasts listed over there. And with that, my name is Scott Adams signing off, and we'll see you next time the on the radio. Bye bye, everybody. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. I grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.